0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, Hing.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young. We're all superstars.
1: Good morning everyone. Welcome to my show Carpe Diem. I'm your host, Lisa McDonald, hailing from Dundas, Ontario, Canada. I'm very grateful to be spending a part of this lovely day with you once again. So thank you for joining me. Really lovely to have you here. Uh, my show today is entitled Doing the Dance with Self. Uh, originally, prior to this past weekend, I had something else in mind that I was going to speak to. Uh, so I think what I'll do is I'll just reserve that for another show. Um, and what I'd like to speak about today is something that resonated with me this weekend as a result of something kind of sad and unfortunate that had happened uh, through my Facebook feed. Um somebody who I don't know but uh, probably a month or two ago had put in a Facebook request to me uh, just because of some of the activity that's going on in my life with my books and radio. Uh, it's it's garnered some additional attention. And so as I mentioned in my previous show, uh, probably about 20 to 25 Facebook requests come to me on average on a daily basis. So as I was scrolling through my feed on Sunday, which here in Ontario it's rec- was recognized as Family Day, um, I happened to come across uh, one of my Facebook friends who had posted um, that he wanted to die that day. And um, somebody who was obviously afflicted with depression, um, somebody who had encountered some probably more recent circumstances that catapulted him into that state of mind. And so when I saw that um, and i saw the incoming comments uh one person in particular i can't recall the name but was absolutely lovely throughout the whole thread and she had posted uh this person we'll call him frank um, so she had posted frank's cell phone number uh so that people would have an opportunity to reach out to him and uh try and keep him on the line while uh other sources of support and uh help were were going on in the background so I was very fortunate to have received that phone number. And uh, so I called Frank, and I managed to get him on the line for just a couple of seconds. Um, he was not in the space where he wanted to talk to anybody. Um, so I, I spoke with him, and I just said, you know, this is your friend Lisa from Ontario, and uh, I'm really concerned about what i just read, and there's a lot of people that are here for you. Um, you know who value you and uh, are here for you. So I strongly encourage you to stay on the line. Or if if you're not prepared or willing to do that, you know I strongly encourage you to go somewhere. You know go to a police station, um, go to a hospital. Uh, talk to somebody quickly on the street who's around you who might be able to provide you that immediate assistance that you're obviously in need of. So Frank would have none of that. He was not interested in talking to me whatsoever. So he hung up and uh, I called back shortly thereafterwards after I had posted that I had tried to connect with him um, just because I knew he was probably uh, watching all the incoming posts and I wanted him to see the tally of numbers and the tally of num- uh, people who, you know, were very much cognizant of what was going on for him and uh, were not giving up. We were there with him, for him, and we were going to help him see this, uh, you know, achieve hopefully a positive result. So um, So I did try back a few other times and unfortunately I got immediately put through to his voicemail. And uh, then I spoke with one person, the woman I referenced uh, a few minutes ago, who had provided his cell number. And so she was letting other people know behind the scenes what she was doing unbeknownst to him, um, which ultimately was uh, calling the police and uh, providing his cell phone number um, so that they could do a trace, track him and, and pick him up. So, you know... Once I realized that that was happening and that he was, uh, you know, intervention was on the way and that he was going to be in, uh, safe hands, when I, when I got the feeling of that, then I walked away. Uh, I just, I had to walk away from Facebook. I just had to walk away from social media and, uh, I just, I needed to think about that. I needed to process that. And, um, and so what I normally do when, you know, I'm either in a, a good space and, and I'm looking for ideas, uh, for creativity purposes, whether it be writing my books um, or whatnot, or if it's not a great space and I need to process something that's just, you know, dumbfounded me or uh, blindsided me, then then I do what I normally do. And usually I go for a hike, uh, but we're sitting at minus 22 here in uh deep cold winter. So uh, my second option is usually to go for a lengthy drive and just listen to the tunes and just try and gain some clarity and some perspective. Uh, in my thoughts uh, while I'm driving, so you know, I think obviously when you get to be this this age in life, this stage in life, and I'm in my 40s as I've prefaced before, um, you know, it's really hard to go through life and 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 uh, be unscathed by things uh, that have either personally happened to you directly or experiences that you've learned about uh, indirectly. And I've been on the receiving end of both of those, um, so you know suicide has touched my life um, not just through friends of mine uh whose family members have either taken their lives or their children have taken their lives um, but you know personally i my cousin christopher in england um, who is a little bit younger than my uh sibling craig so my brother craig is 15 months younger than me so it was myself my brother craig and my cousin christopher uh in England, and uh, Christopher took his own life um, in the late '90s. Um, so that was tough. That was really, really tough. And then my best, one of my best friends, Laura. When I was uh, in my eighth month of pregnancy, um, I'd found out from one of her children uh, that she had taken her life, and I had just spoken to her the week before, actually. And um, we used to work together in social services, and she was. Exceptionally good at what she did and had reached a lot of people, uh, and the population of people that we had worked with at that particular point in time was, uh, children, high-risk children, uh, kids in group homes, foster homes, uh, had been mandated by the Children's Aid Society to be in residential treatment or care. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's no surprise that Laura was, uh, as exceptionally good as, as she was at, um, making connections with these people and uh, people opening up to her and turning to her prior to any other staff member. And she was actually a manager. I was a manager of her program. She was a manager of her program. And, um, you know, she was well regarded by the staff team and upper management and um, had a phenomenal track record with, uh, you know, government and budgeting and doing everything she could and of course um, that was one of the few agencies I worked for that was for profit and generally when you work in social services it's non-profit so you're expected to do a lot more with less and uh, so she even though it was a for-profit agency she was always working within the the, the framework of um, non-profit and doing more with less and uh, the things that she pulled out of her hat were absolutely phenomenal, and the difference that that made to the people's lives that she provided service to was um, unlike anything I've ever seen. So, yeah, I'd spoken to Laura um, a week before she had taken her own life, and uh, the plan was, given that I was eight months pregnant, uh, that she was going to bring her two daughters, who I was basically a surrogate aunt to, um, to come out west which is where I lived at the time in Alberta had lived there for about 10 years and uh she was going to come and meet my first child and uh we were going to go to the West Edmonton Mall which for her children being significantly older than mine you know was uh it was a dream come true all the the big name stores and everything that would resonate with teenage girls and um so Laura and I uh you know we when we were getting off that call uh she had mentioned to me that she was going to call me the next week um, as we usually spoke on a weekly basis and uh you know and and get more into the the finalizing of the plans and booking airline tickets and things of that nature and uh before that day of that following week arrived probably 2 days before I was to expect that call from Laura um, I had received an email um, from her daughter, one of her daughters, uh, who had responded off of my last correspondence with Laura through email um, to say that I needed to call. There was a family emergency. And uh, that's when I found out that um, Laura had taken her own life in a hotel. And um, Laura did suffer from depression. Um, but it was up until that point, as far as I was aware of, it was always closely monitored. And, uh, you know, being an advocate in the field and working with people with depression and uh, a whole host of mental health type issues, uh, she was certainly well on her game um, with self-care and advocating for herself with her doctors and knowing her body and her mind and her spirit well enough to do what she needed to do to, you know, rise above it and, uh, and get things balanced. And, uh, so she, yeah, so she was in a hotel and, and, um, she overdosed and drank herself to death and, uh, very, very tragic. And of course, because I was eight months in my pregnancy, um, I had wanted to fly back for the funeral and, uh, provide the eulogy. And my doctor was not okay with that. So I, I unfortunately was not able to be there for her daughters in the way that I had wanted to. And it was a really rough time for everybody. And, uh, yeah, so I had issued a eulogy, which had been read, uh, on behalf of the family at Laura's service, her celebration of life. And, um, And since I've moved back to Ontario, I've, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to have more of a direct relationship with her two daughters who I, I, I have to say they are warriors. They have turned that situation into a positive. Uh, you know, one is working in the field, kind of following in her mom's footsteps and uh, empowering all kinds of people who are afflicted with addiction uh unfortunate circumstances crisis you name it um so i couldn't be more proud uh they've both gone the university route uh they're both into physical health and well-being um and really two of the most self-actualized people particularly for their age that i can say I, i actually know um so very proud of both of them um and you know and so aside from my cousin and aside from Laura, there was an experience, um, you know, having come from a, a difficult family childhood background. Uh, once my child, my first child was born, um, I had a visit with my mom, who I always had a very uh, very unhealthy relationship with, very toxic relationship. And And many years we were actually estranged. And truly what only brought us back together was the fact that she had been diagnosed with aggressive cancer in 1994, and as a result of thinking she was going to pass on shortly after receiving her diagnosis, I reached out to her. Uh, but what ended up happening for my mom, I mean, she's now since passed on. She passed this past June, and um, is she was a bit of an anomaly. The doctors had never seen somebody kind of define, overcome the stats of what her cancer was in conjunction with uh, her longevity. So... Uh, because I had reached out to her during that period of estrangement, um, and because she lived for so many years afterwards, I maintained the relationship uh, as best as I could, and, you know, probably a good thing that worked in our favor was that we were geographically dispersed uh, and displaced from one another, so... Um, the, the timing in which we would get together and actually be in each other's presence, it, it didn't happen very often. Uh, so I did see her. She came out to see me out west, like I say, after my first child was born. And uh, and that was a difficult uh, experience for a lot of different reasons because I was dealing with the loss of my friend Laura. And um, I had a fantastic pregnancy, super-duper pregnancy. Um, but I ended up post uh post birth I had a massive hemorrhage uh as a result to retain placenta and almost died. So when my mom came, which is always which was always a struggle, I was uh completely anemic, um, not well. And, uh, you know, um, my child was healthy but was impacted with jaundice as a result of my hemorrhage. So, there was a lot going on in my house uh, and for me personally um, and just being a new mom and, of course, no cold notes to walk you through what that's supposed to look like even under the best of circumstances. So, I recall it was one of the first times that uh, I had been away from my child and so the other grandparent, uh, my mom's husband was there with uh, my then husband looking after my son and it gave my mom and I an opportunity to go out and get me out of the house and we went for a coffee and I really truly don't know what sparked up this particular uh, conversation because we weren't even really talking about my friend Laura or anything related to that. Um, but what my mom shared with me herself was that during one of the most difficult periods in her life, uh, she had contemplated suicide. And she had shared with me that uh, the, the thought of leaving my brother Craig and I behind uh, was what had prevented her from doing so. But then she said that her her state of depression at that period of time was so bad that she had contemplated um, taking all three of us out. So that was a really hard thing uh, to hear, a uh, really hard thing to hear because I was already triggered by my friend Laura's situation and, um, and only being able to imagine what her two daughters, her surviving daughters, would be coping with on a daily basis, uh, particularly at a young age. Uh, and in an impressionable age in their teens. Um, and then of course just not being up to par health wise myself and, you know, the mixed emotions that go with having had a child, being a mom, and uh the introduction of what that role is and how that completely changes your entire life. Uh so, you know, it's uh it's been around me uh my whole life. Um and having been in social services, uh, I used to work with a lot of cutters and a lot of people who had attempted overdosing. Um, and because of the role that I played uh, within social services, I was oftentimes frequently in the ER with kids and teenagers, and um, and going to court and things of that nature. So you know, it it, it really, like I say, when I when I came upon that post. Uh, that had been put up by my Facebook friend. Um, it really kind of struck a chord with me, and you know, it's it's not that you forget these things. It's not that you're not aware of uh, these things having happened to you. It's a part of you, especially when you're you have ongoing relationships with the survivors of people surrounding those people who are no longer with us. Um, but you know, it's uh, it was something that I, I truly did need to process and. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this back up in a moment. We're just about to head into a break here, so I just want to remind people, especially if you didn't uh, chime in at the very beginning, uh, at the top of the hour here. My name is Lisa McDonald. I'm your host of Carpe Diem, and uh, I want to thank you once again for joining in. And uh, I'll talk to you in a couple minutes. Thank you.
0: Is your chance to be part of the show? Call 877-230-3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guests. Again, that number is 877-230-3062. We all have amazing talents and knowledge that should be shared with the world. Become a host on Contact Talk Radio and help spread your insight and wisdom. Help others grow as you grow your business and reach a level of connection far greater than you could reach on your own. Take the first step and learn more by visiting contacttalkradio.com or contact Cameron at 425-221-3646. Continue to spread the word about the importance of conscious living. If you want to stay on top of everything that's happening at Contact Talk Radio, there's no simpler way than following us on Twitter. You'll know what shows are currently playing, who the special guests are, what topics are being discussed. The information is always fresh. You can follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash CTR network. It's easy. Again, that's twitter.com slash CTR network. Better living is just a tweet away. Did you know that you can rate our shows on iTunes? Yep, you can share your thoughts about the topics, the hosts, and the special guests. You can also leave a suggestion. Then, when you're done, rate the show. The hosts love your feedback, and others appreciate it. So next time you download a show, take a second to leave your thoughts and rate it.
1: Welcome back, everybody. For those who are just chiming in and weren't perhaps with us at the beginning of the top of the hour, my name is Lisa McDonald, and you're joining us here with my show, Carpe Diem. Uh, The topic today is doing the dance with self. And so just to do a bit of a recap, uh, part of what um, precipitated me wanting to do this particular program was uh, a Facebook friend who had posted on this past Sunday, which was Family Day here in Ontario, uh, that he had wanted to end his life on that particular day. So what I do want to make abundantly clear is that um, that did not happen. Uh, he was rallied and, and people supported him and uh, he was faced with help. And uh, so I'm not quite sure where he's at in the journey of that at this point, but I know he's still with us. And uh, and hopefully receiving all the help and support that he truly needs on an ongoing basis. So I just want to make that perfectly clear. Um, so you know this this topic of of people who have felt desperation and despair in their lives, and my having mentioned uh, prior to going into the break. Uh, my own experiences with that, uh, and being afflicted with that, you know, at a very personal level, whether it be friends or, uh, family members or, you know, people that I've provided service to in the social services sector, you know, I've worked with a lot of cutters, people have tried to OD, uh, some people who unfortunately were successful in taking their own life and, um, others who fortunately, uh, were receptive to receiving the help and got good quality help and are still with us today and they've completely turned it around, uh, and now they've used their journey and their story and their plight to go forward in helping other people and to be a living example, a testimonial for, you know, it, it, it can get better, it does get better, and you're not alone. Uh, providing you're willing to do the work, and providing that you're receptive to the supports that are truly out there, and I'm going to mention this at another point within the show, obviously before we close. Um, but I want to provide the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number uh, for anybody who you know knows somebody who is going through a difficult time, or for anybody who's listening in today who might be encountering or experiencing that yourself personally. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is one eight hundred. 273 talk T A L K which numerically is 8255. So again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-talk which is 2738255. Uh and again, I will make mention of that before we uh either come back from the next break or we end the show altogether. Um so I just want to say, you know, for anybody who who uh is going through a difficult time uh, and is feeling very disconnected or isolated um, or, you know, just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, for whatever reason can't seem to get out of it. And I'm not necessarily talking about clinical depression because that's that's a whole different set of things that I'm not qualified uh, to talk about, um, you know. But again, that number, I, I, I strongly encourage people to use that number Uh You can't feel any worse by using that number, and and that's really what uh, the objective is. It's to get out of that rut and to get out of that state of mind that's keeping you stuck and contemplating taking your own life. Um, So in moving forward, I just, you know, for anybody, like I say, who's listening, who thinks no one else can truly relate or identify with the level of pain that you're perhaps uh, stuck in or immersed in at this point in time, uh or you feel that nobody can understand you know your inner strife or or what it is that uh you feel you've succumbed to uh to be at the depths of whatever it is you're feeling currently um, i just want to i want to tell you that uh i'm here to tell you differently um you know, for anybody who's been following me on Facebook, uh, and I've mentioned this in my last segment last Friday, where, you know, my show is about being fearless. And this is really what I have indoctrinated into my life now. Um, you know, I'm transparent, I'm an open book. Um, and I walk among many people who, you know, have been afflicted by so many unfortunate, unforeseen things that have happened in their lives. And so uh, a lot of what my healing process has entailed has been, you know, no more secrets and there's no shame. Uh, you know, we don't ask for these things to happen to us. Um, you know, that non-negotiably should not be happening to other people uh people don't have a right to perpetrate things on other people that put people in harm's way or violate their spirits or their souls and so for anybody like i say who's chiming in who thinks they're isolated and how they're feeling um and that nobody can truly identify with what you're going through i'm here to tell you differently you know i'm an incest survivor I've been on both ends of divorce as a child who's gone through it and has my had my family completely splintered and fragmented. Um, I've gone through divorce myself as an adult, uh, which has catapulted me into being a single mom with two young children. Not an easy feat at all. Um you know, I, in my younger days, because I felt very unsupported and isolated in what I was going through, uh, as I mentioned in my last show, I've, I've made poor decisions, you know, decisions that uh, got me turfed out of school, um, you know lived on my own much younger than I ever should have, um, wasn't equipped in many ways to deal with the responsibility that came with that. You know, and of course, when you're a teenager and, and you think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm probably one of the few, if not the only people who has my own place. I've got a party place. This is great. This is wonderful. Well, it's truly really not. Um, you know, because everybody comes and does their business, and you know, has fun, and then you're left uh, to deal with everything afterwards, uh, while people go back to the security of their own home and their safe lives and safe haven, and and everything that's predictable and and uh, you know, put in place for them. So. Uh, yeah, so a, a lot of things have happened in my life and as I mentioned, you know, I, I almost died uh, post birth with my first child as a result of uh, a massive hemorrhage due to retained placenta um, you know, I've had estrangement from my parents um, you know I've, I've dealt with suicide in my own life that's touched me personally um, a lot of things have happened um, but I I'm putting it all out there because you know, to truly say that you've uh, you know, tackle the healing process, uh, to truly say that, uh, you're out of your, your complacency comfort zone or, um, you know, that you're truly getting out of your own way or that you make the decision to rise and to aspire, uh, to allow brightness into your life, to allow love into your life, um, to be the best you, you, you possibly can, you know, you, just, you have to admit that these things that have happened to you. And again, I don't, I don't carry any shame with that. Um, I've worked through my stuff. Um, you know, I will continue to work through things. Um, I'm very much about accountability and personal responsibility. Uh, I'm very much about sharing my story. If, if it happens to help somebody else feel less isolated or less alone, um, and less despair and i i am proud to be an example of somebody who has overcome some of the darkest times that uh, can touch people uh you know and and having had the ongoing reminder throughout different uh junctures within my life that uh we're fragile humans are very very fragile life is fragile and uh there's a lot of rawness within that and a lot of unpredictable unpredictability within that, um, and a lot of unforeseen things that come with that. Um, but I, again, for anybody who's listening, uh, who thinks that they're alone, uh, that their situation is, you know, far-reaching beyond getting out of it or that nobody else can identify with them, I'm here to tell you differently. Uh, and I'm here to show you through example that you can you can take all the unfortunate things, the sad things, the cruel things, um, you know, the things that that try to strip you of your spirit, of your soul, and you can rise above that and you can choose to allow the brightness to shine through uh, and to not let anyone dim your light. And, you know, as we continue to go through life, there's going to be even more things that are unexpected uh, and unforeseen that we're going to have to grapple with but you know if you make a conscious choice with the support of other people because again we're all operating at different levels of self-awareness um you know different people have different infrastructures of support uh people are wired differently um you know and uh some people are afflicted with mental health whereas some people are just afflicted with unfortunate things and and then move on and have the inner strength to do so but the inner strength, regardless of you know what category you may fall under, whether it be you know actual diagnosis or uh, just unfortunate things having happened to you, I really, I really strongly encourage you to um, believe in yourself. Know that you are worthwhile. That you do have a purpose. It's a miracle that we're even here. You know, when when you think of of uh, when you think of being born, when you think of the whole. Evolution of life and um, and 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 how many how many how many odds are against us even being born? I mean, life is a gift. It, it truly is, and I'm reminded of that every day. Uh, so I I really just want to identify with people here and be the voice um, to let people know that things do get better. You know, things always get better. And I would really, I would really hate to see anybody shortchange themselves on what lies ahead. You know, because out of, out of darkness, out of adversity, there's usually always something wonderful that comes from it. And when I think back on my personal experiences of things that happened to me, whether it be, again, being an incest survivor or coming from abuse, coming from, uh, toxicity, All of those things, Um, it's it's the blessing in that it, it, it catapulted me into social services, which was wonderful because it allowed me the opportunity to identify and be relatable and help other people and be the example of, you know, the hope. You know, if you if you believe in if, if you believe in yourself, if you believe that people are generally there because they care about you and your 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 well being and your best interest, if you believe in that, if you allow yourself to believe in that, you will rise above it. You absolutely will rise above it. And um, you know, so although I've identified this year as being uh my year of being fearless. You know, to give myself credit, when I look back on some of the decisions, the good decisions because I've not made great decisions, but on some of the good decisions that I've made, um, one comes to mind that I really embraced fear to overcome it. And so based on my experience of of being an incest survivor – I, at a very young age, younger than my peers who had gone for this opportunity, uh, to I applied for a clinical internship program, and it was to co-counsel with a mentor uh, working with male sexual offenders who had been mandated by the courts to receive counseling. And so, you know, in light of what I had gone through, um, I... I put myself in a situation voluntarily, which I was accepted for, um, again, I was the youngest out of all the 12 people that had been accepted for that year for the Advanced Clinical Internship Program. So, my peers within that were working on their PhDs, whatnot, but it was very clear to me that I wanted to work in social services, it was a calling for me, I felt that I had purpose in that, I felt I could make a difference, and I have. Um, so. For me taking being a professional very seriously uh in terms of the integrity of being a professional and work ethic and character I knew that if I was going to be successful at what I did I had to work with all populations of people I couldn't just work with so-called victims really don't like that term at all uh victims or survivors uh of people who had been abused which I could relate to um But I actually had to work with the offenders themselves and overcome my own biases and my own triggers. Um, So in my early 20s, I uh, signed up for this. I was accepted after extensive interviewing. And so for a whole year, once a week on an evening, uh, an evening once a week, I was with a male mentor, so everybody in the room was male, uh, all the, these men who were sexual offenders who were going through the court system and had been incarcerated, and the things that came out in the group counseling sessions were absolutely horrific. Um, you know, people were talking about their perverted fantasies, people were disclosing the the details of what they'd actually done to um, the people that they had abused and had offended, um, and you know, some of that has stuck with me. Uh, I try not to think about that or give that time and attention or energy. Uh, but once in a while, something else will make that resonate for me. And as quickly as it comes, I just dispel it and it's gone. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, and I was completely sexualized in that setting, um, again, because I was the only female and uh, you know, the the mannerisms and the, the body language and the gesturing and the posturing and the nonverbals. Um it was very clear. It was very clear that I was in a room with uh male sexual offenders. Um, and uh, you know, I I can recall one situation where uh a gentleman, um, and I will say gentleman, um, where he said in the group, he he said to me, and I think he was trying to test me, you know, test my strength, test my resiliency, uh, try and maybe break me down a little bit. Um, but he said to me, he goes, you know, you remind me a lot of my wife. And what he had disclosed in the group counseling sessions prior to that was that he would offend his wife while she was sleeping. And so here he was trying to draw a parallel between me and his wife who he was abusing. So anyway, I, you know, I, I, I developed really thick skin in that group and, you know, I did a lot of prep before I went into that situation because I knew the dynamics were going to be tough and I knew what was going to be forthcoming towards me. And, uh, you know, so I did my homework and, you know, I did my own healing, my own counseling. Um, uh, but I knew that I could not, not do this. I had to do this. It was cathartic. Um, but again, my main objective was to be a well-rounded professional within the field who truly could effectively work with all populations of people. And so I had to do this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of bittersweet and it's a little bit warped and demented on one end because I can honestly say not that this would be the populate, population of people per se whose respect would mean anything to me on a fundamental core level, uh, but I came out of that group having earned the respect of, of all of them because I had demonstrated that they weren't going to break me down and um, I was not going to allow myself to be sexualized um, no matter what they tried to do uh, to to get under my skin um, or to throw me off my game or to uh, make me feel uncomfortable in every which way. And they tried. There was two or three of them in particular that really tried to do that. And um, so that was, you know, when I look back on my career experiences, uh, when I look back on different examples within my life where I really tried to walk into fear and embrace fear and make it my friend and come out stronger uh, on the other end um, to be a more solid human being, to be a better professional, um, to be a better provider of care and delivery service to other people who needed that from me um you know i can honestly say i triumphed in that in that situation and it's probably one of those defining moments in my life uh within my career but for me personally and developmentally uh that really got me on the right track uh regardless of what i came out of um but you know, for everything that happens, like I say, that's unforeseen, that's unfortunate, that's tragic, that's sad, uh, that's cruel, that's horrible. Um, you know, you can take those experiences and you can apply them in a way that further enriches your life, uh, makes you embrace the most fragile, vulnerable parts of yourself, um, to become the best you possible. And so we'll pick up again. We're just about to go into another break. So again, my name is Lisa McDonald and I am your show host. Uh, this is Carpe Diem. Thank you for joining us and I'll see, I'll talk to you again in a couple minutes. Thank you.
0: When I was young, we're all- Your chance to be part of the show. Call 877 230 3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guest. Again, that number is 877 230 3062. We all have amazing talents and knowledge that should be shared with the world. Become a host on Contact Talk Radio and help spread your insight and wisdom. Help others grow as you grow your business. And reach a level of connection far greater than you could reach on your own. Take the first step and learn more by visiting contacttalkradio.com or contact Cameron at 425-221-3646. Continue to spread the word about the importance of conscious living. If you want to stay on top of everything that's happening at Contact Talk Radio, there's no simpler way than following us on Twitter. You'll know what shows are currently playing, who the special guests are what topics are being discussed the information is always fresh you can follow us on twitter by going to twitter.com slash ctr network it's easy again that's twitter.com slash ctr network better living is just a tweet away
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming back. My name is Lisa McDonald. I'm your show host for Carpe Diem. Um, for those of us for those of you who are just chiming in or maybe haven't joined us at the top of the hour uh, my show is entitled Doing the Dance with Self and so uh, this whole show was generated from something that I experienced indirectly directly uh, through Facebook a friend of mine who I didn't know somebody who had put in a request to me uh, a while back um, had put up a post saying that he wanted to end his life this past Sunday which again was Family Day here in Ontario uh, and so what I've spoken spoken About uh before both breaks is you know how that's resonated with me, uh, due to my own personal experiences of having encountered that and uh and stressing to people that no matter what adversity you're faced with, and let's face it, we all are, uh, whether you know there's commonality with precise examples of what we've gone through that we may or may not share exactly in common. Uh nobody on this planet uh, gets to be at this stage in life and comes out unscathed with having had some type of experience um, that challenges you to really go deep within and um, really figure it out uh, and and either elicit help from other people or make a core decision within yourself at the conscious and subconscious level that says you know what these things happen to me. I'm not going to allow myself to be stigmatized. I'm not going to carry shame because all of those things impede your own growth and development and the prosperity that you have for enriching and embarking upon having the life you're intended to have. And so with the unfortunate things that have happened to me um, at a very young age, I decided and I've built momentum for every year that I've gone forward and worked on myself um, and put myself in the company of the right people who could either support me or... Um, or, you know, have the same mindset to, to manifest, uh, similar type things in their life to say, you know what? I am not a victim of circumstance. I'm a warrior and I'm championing this and I love life. And for every negative, unfortunate experience that perhaps has touched me personally, um, I'm going to find the good in that. I'm going to find the bright light, whether that be to carry forward in helping somebody else, empower somebody else, advocate for somebody else, um, or just to do the work that's required on yourself to uh, embrace having the best you and the best life possible. And we all deserve that. We absolutely all deserve to have that and to believe that. So I would like to remind people again, uh, for those who are afflicted with uh, either depression or feeling uh, very fragile and raw right now who either are suffering from suicidal ideation Um, or, you know, whatever extreme you're on that uh, spectrum with. I I want to reiterate the number that I provided before the last break, second last break. Um, So that number is for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-TALK. TALK Talk is 8. So, again, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the toll-free number is 1-800-273-TALK, which is 8255. I would also, and I meant to say this earlier, but uh, for anybody who is listening in who would like to call in, if you have a comment or a question or if you would like to share something in the way of testimonial, uh, you certainly don't have to reveal your name or even where you're from. Uh, You don't have to give any identifying information whatsoever. Um, this is really just about uh you know, the power of content and the power of message and the power of voice and um, and owning your own life, owning your own experiences, owning your own voice and doing something uh that's that's rewarding with those experiences uh to further enrich your lives and to be the healthiest, uh most grounded, well balanced possible person you can you can fundamentally be. So again I would encourage you to give me a call. Um, our toll-free number um trying to find that is uh the listener call in is 1877 230 3062. Again the toll-free call in line is 1877 230 3062. Uh and you know for anybody who's not here with us at this point but might uh, might be checking in with the podcast that will later be uploaded. Um, you know, if, if there's anything that you wish to express as an afterthought or something you would like for me to address in my next segment show next Friday, um, I can certainly take whatever comments that are forthcoming or questions or anything you would wish for me to speak to either on your behalf or as a subject matter or as an add-on. I can certainly insert that into next week's show um i can be found at lisa mcdonald author.com mcdonald is mcdonal um i can also be found at my email address which is lisa mcdonald 13 at gmail.com uh and again my settings on facebook are public so for anybody who wants to put in a, a message or a facebook request uh feel free to do so i'd love to hear from you um so, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, given the little amount of time that is left in the show, uh, as I always do and, and as how I live my life, I, I really choose to just focus on the positive. And so, you know, for those of us who truly are committed to personal development, for those of us who really do understand, uh, you know, how magical life is and, and knowing just from what we've put into fruition and what we've allowed to show up in our lives, uh, what we've chosen to manifest uh, for ourselves, no matter what we've come from, no matter what we've gotten out from underneath us. Um, you know, life is lovely. And I I love life and I love people. And I love people who are raw and authentic and, you know, um, understand the strength and the power and the personal empowerment that comes from sharing your story. And, you know, to a certain degree, being able to separate what's happened to you from you, the person. I do not define myself as a human being based on things that have happened to me. It's a part of my story. It's not going to be the end of my story. It's not my story today. It's, it's a part of what's transpired in my life to allow me and afford me the opportunity to even be in a position to be here on radio and to connect with people uh, and to talk about things that, you know, um, that really we shouldn't be internalizing. You know, we live in a culture now where it's it's information age. Get it out there. I mean, you look at all the self-help books and all the things that have been disclosed and uh, all the 1-800 numbers and, uh, you know, all the support systems that are around there, these things wouldn't exist if these weren't stories and things that had happened to people, um, countless people. Uh, and that's unfortunate. But again, I don't get drawn up and caught up in the stats. I, you know, I, I like the, I like the perseverance story. I, I like, you know, the resiliency story and um, what people have done with that to bring about, Wonderful, positive changes within their lives, uh, and made them better parents, made them better friends, made them, you know, better partners, um, made them better members of society, and giving back to their community and paying forward, um, you know, and rising above it. You know, we all have a choice as to whether we choose to rise, and it's non-negotiable for me. I have said this; it is non-negotiable for me that I am going to. Take advantage of every opportunity I have to take what's happened to me, turn it into a positive, and hopefully help somebody else. Um, it's growth, you know. It's it's growth. You've you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, and you know it, it, it is. It truly is uh, a sign of strength to confront whatever it is that you feel uh, stunted by or whatever you're internalizing that's impeding your own growth, you need to get it out. And you need to say to yourself, you know, I'm I, i, I I'm not really living here. I want to live and I want to be freed from all of these things. And in order to do so, you know, you have to own your own truth and you have to own your own experiences of some of the things that have unfortunately caused you um, to be in a certain space where you feel stuck, or you feel stifled um, or you feel that you're not reaching your potential as a human being, as a human being. And um, so for any time I I encounter a situation where I feel scared or I have trepidation or I get caught up with that, oh, well, maybe that's too revealing. Maybe I shouldn't say that because, you know, that's taboo or that makes people possibly feel uncomfortable. I walk right into it now. It, I walk right into it and, uh, you know, there's nothing that people can use against me because I'm transparent. I'll, I'll say it all. Um, it's a part of me. It's not me. So, again, before we wrap up because we're just about to end the show here, uh, I want to remind people again that the toll-free number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. Talk is 8255. I strongly encourage you to do whatever you need to do to get the support that you need uh, to rise above your circumstances. And remember, it's not permanent. Whatever you're going through right now is not permanent. It's temporary. But making the decision to no longer be here and following through, that's permanent. And what a waste. An absolute waste because things always get better. And there's always good people that you're going to encounter as a result of your adversity. So I just want to say thank you very much for joining me. Again, I can be reached at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. McDonald is M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. Uh, please feel free to kindly uh, forward any questions you may have, any suggestions for future show topics. Uh, if you'd like to appear as uh, a guest uh, and do radio with me, I would love to have you. That would be phenomenal. Um, so I just want to say thank you once again for joining me. It's been a real treat. Love spending part of my day with you and uh, stay safe, be warm, enjoy the weather, wherever you might be, um, and make the most of, of your day. Make the most of today. Embrace it and live fearlessly. Thank you very much. Lisa McDonald, Carpe Diem. Take care. Have a wonderful day.
0: You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.